All right, folks, welcome to Calling Shots. Seth Bartnow here. Uh, emergency Saturday statistical controversy edition. Um, if you haven't seen it by now, uh, there was a Reddit post this morning um, noting that, you know, I'll, I'll start by factually noting that there is a big out discrepancy between Jaron Jackson's defensive counting stats in games played in Memphis and games played other way, other other places. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you, Abdullah Rahman. And so where was I going? Oh, yeah. So there, there is a big discrepancy. And from there, there is some extrapolation. There is some questionable film work. Uh, there are some accusations about uh, bias uh, in favor of Jaron Jackson for him to win defensive player of the year. Now, I don't know where to start with this. The first is there's uh, a fundamental misunderstanding of kind of A, how stats are tracked, B, who's in charge of them, C, how they get reviewed, uh, and D, perhaps biggest, and we'll get there, um, why we should care. Um, I'm not going to rehash all of them, but there's, I think, five examples in the thread of which four, I think, are either clearly or arguably correct. One of which is probably wrong, but is still plausible. Um, so I, this has been gone over by a number of people on, on Twitter by now, um, that the, the process is there's someone in the arena who thinks they see something, they mark something, uh, and then it gets reviewed in the league office. And that is how the stat becomes quote-unquote official. Um, so even if, uh, because this has been a thing in the past, the NBA has taken steps to reduce the the possibility, the prevalence, the likelihood of a home team uh, scorekeeper doing so, or just a scorekeeper in general doing something weird. I think there's a story from Deadspin from, I don't know, decade for 10, 15 years ago, that's, that's making the rounds again about a, an incident where uh, a scorekeeper admitted to, you know, juicing the assists of, of a favored player uh, in a game, you know, in a game 25 years ago. Um, and there's been urban legends about, you know, the Stockton assist and, and so on and so forth. Um, so where to start with this first um, scorekeeping bias is real. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't mean the stats are necessarily wrong. It just means that, uh, judgment calls can go one way or the other. Um, the best example of this that, that I can think of that's sort of universal is uh, a number of years ago when the uh, player tracking stats were still uh, available at, at a detailed like per shot level on NBA.com. You could look and see, okay, how many, how long a player had the ball, how many dribbles they took before they touched it. Cross-reference that with the play-by-play -play of assisted shots and you can you can you can create a, sort of a matrix of how often assists were recorded for any you know combination of touch time and dribbles, uh, with the caveat that um, so as you get really into it, some of the, the the tracking data isn't always right. There were there were certain instances where the the, the tracking data would would miss something. My favorite was um, a quick give and go bounce pass give and go didn't always register as a pass. So you had some situations where a point guard would, would, would uh, dribble about 20 times, throw the ball to the, the, to a guy at the elbow, get a bounce pass right back, shoot a jumper. It would go in, in the tracking data it would show up as uh, a, 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 a 22 dribble before shooting uh, assisted jumper, um, which seems wrong. But then you watch the tape. It's like, Oh yeah, the, the, the tracking data couldn't totally tell, uh, 
two bounce passes from two more dribbles. Okay, those have that's that's fairly rare, but those happen. But in general, um, the ones you think should always be assists, you know, the ones where a guy has the ball for you know a second, a second and a half. Um, aside from you know, there's obviously there's putbacks, tip-ins, stuff like that. But those are I don't have it in front of me because it's one of those articles I wrote eight years ago where various changes to web platforms have uh, <laughs> destroyed. A, all the charts and stuff, but it, you know, that's something like that. You'd expect that to be, I don't know, 80, 85% assisted and that tracks. Similarly, the shots that you would expect to not be assisted, you know, five seconds of touch time. <laughs> Charlie, you want to come up on it? Kind of come on, kind of come on up and uh, air some grievances. I'm happy for it. Um, but, uh, but the way, you know, four seconds of touch time, five dribbles, those are almost never given. Now, if you looked and you saw the ones that were close, you know, uh, in the in the official tracking data for potential assists, which are algorithmic, uh, the actual award of assists are not, and that's something we can we can probably talk about in a little bit. Um, so, for, for the the rule for potential assists is under two seconds of touch time and fewer than two dribbles. Um, that that is that misses some on both ends. If you were to watch a game and sort of yeah, that's assisted. No, that's not assisted. It, there, there's some that it doesn't capture that you think probably should be, and there's some that it does capture that you think is, you know, you can you can make a pretty good move in two seconds in one dribble. Uh, for example, like, you know, a kick out, um, jab step, jab step, side side dribble shot. That can happen in two seconds, and that might show up as as assisted. Um, even though it, or or that 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 sh- that that attempt might show up as potentially assisted. Um, so, but the ones that are, you know, in the, in, in a weird, in the, uh, the, the gray zone, like, you know, between two and two and a half seconds and, you know, or one and a half seconds and two dribbles or, or kind of in that, that zone between uh, fairly consistently, you saw higher proportion of those being awarded as assists to the home team. It's nothing nefarious. It just kind of happens that way. Some of it is probably due to performance differences as well. I mean, the, the home teams play better. So, there's probably some degree to which the, the discrepancy is re- reflecting something true, but it's also just sort of natural. Um, other kind of quote unquote scorekeeping bias is um, th- this is this is something that 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 plays into kind of some shot location data. Um, some arenas are the scorekeepers in some arenas, uh, you know, where a shot occur- is taken from on a drive to the basket is actually kind of a tricky question. You think about it because, you know, for three pointers, uh, a shot is a three. If it, if you jump from behind the line, you could, you know, shoot a running finger roll, but from a shot location standpoint, even if you release that from the, you know, from the free throw line, you would still have to show as above the, above the key. This is actually kind of a, a problem in, in some of the early spe- second spectrum data is you'd like look at the shot chart and you go to three zonely and you'd see a bunch of shots from like 21 feet. And that was because of, you know, players like JJ Redick or whoever who had a lot of drift on their shot. Like, yeah, if you're recording where they released the ball or estimating it from the tracking data, they're going to have released it from, you know, a foot, two feet, sometimes more inside the line. Where is that shot from? Now, now, now consider the flip side where a guy is running to the basket. Um, you know, this was actually a, a kind of a, a challenge working for the Bucks because um, where Giannis's feet leave the ground and where the shot is taken from uh, can often be quite different. Can often be you know quite different spots. 
So where's that shot taken from? It's, you know, you can, if you do it algorithmically, you get some weird stuff. If you do it, you know, by the eye, you get some weird stuff. You probably get a little bit of bias in terms of whether the shot goes in or not, if it's close. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a goes in, it's a layup. If it, if it misses, it was a running hook shot or something like that. Um, so the long, long-winded way of, of, uh, you know, and, and Abdurrahman, it's not, it's not, you know, crapping on second spectrum. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just noting that these are, that there's not a necessarily a right or easy answer to some of these things. Um, or, oh, yeah. So, um, in some arenas, you know, shots that are on the borderline between in the restricted area and in the, you know, the, the paint non-restricted area are, you know, some places are more generous than others. And this is not a one team or another. This is for both teams. If you, for example, if you compare games, the Warriors played play in golden state and look at the shots, you know, the proportion of paint shots that are recorded as in the restricted area for both teams, it's far lower in games played in golden state than it is games played elsewhere. So there's 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 something about the, how the stats are being recorded. And again, I don't think it's not biased in any way towards one team or another. It has no real effect on the game. It may, depending on how you're doing your roll-up stats, make you know their defensive shot profile look better. But the ball still goes in or it doesn't. So there's only so much you can you can really do with it. Now it maybe maybe if you're you're wedded to a narrative of you know shot luck on you know, six foot shots or something like that. Um, it, 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 you can be led astray there, but it's something that kind of doesn't matter. And there's these things that, that are, that just take place all over. Um, and so um, those are some of the more just kind of things that just happen. Now there's also um, uh, when you look at a player, uh, uh, the familiarity that a scorekeeper has with a home player, um, there are many ways that this can can come into effect. I mean, there, there's been a people have look, like to look at the, uh, you know, if you if you are following along on like a game time app or something like that, um, it's not just you know player Anthony Davis makes 17 foot jump makes 17 foot field goal assisted by LeBron James. Sometimes it's Anthony Davis makes 17 foot jump shot. Sometimes it's Anthony Davis makes 17 foot bank shot. Sometimes it's Anthony Davis makes 17 foot pull up. You insisted or not. Now you notice I said makes on all those because something that we found is that those descriptors, that flavor gets added to shots much more often than when they're made than when they're not, which would lead you to think that, oh, well, if I'm an NBA player, I always want to take a running pull up turnaround which is as many modifiers as I can, because if you just looked at the, at what comes through in the play-by-play data, those shots go in a lot more. And really what's happening is just, you know, when a shot goes in, you have a little bit more time to add that flavor. Whereas if it's a miss, you think about it, there's a shot missed, there's a rebound. We're going the other way and I got to pay attention. I'm just going to say it's a missed shot. Um, so now that, how does that play into Jaron Jackson, maybe getting the benefit of the doubt on some, some, place at home than on others. I mean, if you look at some of these plays, there are some that are close. There are some, did he touch that? Did he block that shot? Did the guy just miss because he was there? Um, maybe the home scorekeeper gives him the benefit of that on those. It's hard to tell in replay. Maybe those. Maybe he's getting shorted on 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 blocks and steals uh, plays away, away from Memphis. Um, 
So that, that's, that's one part of it. There's nothing, again, there's nothing nefarious about this. It's, 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 these are interpretations and away we go. Um, I will say that, uh, that, you know, Kirk Goldsberry just posted on, on Twitter saying, Hey, he's watched all 66 of Jaron's blocks this year. 60 of them are unquestionably legit. Four maybe could go one way or another. Two are not. And even the two that aren't, I think are, are, you see at least how they got there. Um, so this is, this is a bit of a, just from a, on the merits level, this is a bit of a tempest in a teapot, I think, or I, you know, certain. The, the second thing to notice is uh, Jaron Jackson doesn't need his defensive player of the year case boosted. Um, in, in, by the stuff I look at, it's pretty clear that maybe, maybe not on a total basis. Cause he did miss, you know, he has still has missed like a third of the games played so far. Um, but certainly on a per minute and extrapolating out, if he stays reasonably healthy the rest of the season and plays at this level, he has been, most impactful defender by a lot of measures in my rim protection metric. He is, you know, I think Brooke Lopez has been great has maybe had his best defensive season, which is saying something. And Jaron Jackson's about one and a half points better just in terms of rim protection than Brooke Lopez is. And that's before you even take into account that, you know, Jaron Jackson also guards the perimeter well and, and so on and so forth. Um, maybe, Brooke makes up some of the difference in terms of rebounding where neither is an especially great individual rebounder, but Brooke has a, a, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Brooke has all along had a, an impact on, on raising his team's rebound rate, even if he's not grabbing the rebounds. So again, even, even if there was intent here, He's still been the best. Third, think, speaking of intent, I can say as a, a former team, as a former team employee, I can say that we got twice a year gambling, anti-gambling training. That it's, I mean, I, it's still drilled into my head: no betting, no tipping, no fixing. And this is not, this was not just for like front office employees. This is for ticket sales people. This is for arena maintenance people. This is for everyone. These are so, you know, okay. It, it's, it's against the, the, the person's employment agreement. That doesn't mean they don't do it, but it's like, you know, this, this is, this is well known that, that supposedly, you know, making a bet on a game, which you're the scorekeeper is, um, I would gather to say it's probably illegal in a lot of jurisdictions. Just not to even where where sports gambling is legal, I think that it would probably be um, it, it, in you know it, insider trading is illegal, and it's the kind of thing that gets drilled into you. And if someone was was caught for doing it, um, uh, being fired ensued might be the least of their worries. Um, so those are those are just the groundwork now. The flip side is why is everyone so quick to want to believe that there's something going on here? Um, and this is where, first of all, that there's a little bit of a misunderstanding of, of what the statistical record is. Um, I wrote about this in the book a little. We've talked about this on this pod a fair amount. 
um, the notion that because you wrote a stat down, it is both true and a full and accurate representation of the, the, the thing you're observing in this case, a basketball game. Um, that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun and comforting assumption, which is also bullshit. Um, you know, the things we, the things we, uh, yeah, uh, Hovo is pointing out that yeah, I don't, uh, I don't doubt you can get sued by the company if you did that, and it cost the company their reputation. Well, not just the company, like the team. I mean, the the the, the scorekeeper is a team employee. Um, so now, and beyond that, of course, as, as has been mentioning uh, mentioned, um, you can look up uh, at Nema on Twitter. I believe N E M A shouts to former SBC student Nima. Uh, did. Um, was a stat spotter, and he pointed out that hey, ultimately it's the, the like some, someone in, in a league reviewer makes the ultimate call on these kind of uh, um, discretionary statistics. So even even if like someone in Memphis was trying to do that, it'd probably get caught or get corrected. Um, now again, if you say that the uh, the benefit of the doubt is going to him more at home, well, okay. If it's to, if if he's getting the benefit of the doubt of something that is arguable at home and not on the road, why does that automatically become it's he's getting you know he's he's benefiting at home? Why is, is he maybe getting screwed on the road? But anyway, that's I'm going too far down the, the rabbit hole of uh, 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 <laughs> Betsy in the comments is asking as a Grizzly fan, this could easily be an anti-Grizz conspiracy too, right? Honestly, I think it's probably someone who who is either like a Nets fan or has, has their own wager on, on uh, Nick Claxton or, or somebody else to, to win defensive player of the year. And the fact that, you know, Jackson went off at like plus 10,000, I want to say at the start of the year to, to be defensive player of the year. Um, I was like, Oh, like also I'll give the conspiratorial minded uh, this is that in terms of incentives, you can easily see how there would be incentive because, you know, being able to affect or somehow, you know, make a, a bet of that long odds come in. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, you know, we're talking about real money here. So I, so, you know, the, the, uh, the motive certainly has been, uh, is, is at least plausible. It's just the everything else, but the motive is what's being jumped to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting a text from uh, from uh, Eric Name, my colleague at the Athletic, uh, wondering oh, how are people still talking about this JJJ thing. Um, the answer is, what the hell else are we going to talk about? Uh, it's it's we're 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 ten days from the trade deadline, so like or eight days from the trade deadline, and nothing's going to happen for the next couple of days. So what else are we going to talk about? Um, I suppose the the you know the the uh, conference championship games in in the NFL, but um, I talk about basketball, not football. Um, I completely lost my train of thought, Betsy. I, I blame you for this. Um, oh, so why do people think? Why are people getting all wrapped up in this? Um, a because again they want that the 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 surety, the, the sureness, the solidity of the statistical record being a reflection of reality. And they, they know what happened in the game because that, that, you know, we have that, uh, that, that scoreboard factor basically. And that's understandable. But again, the more you get into this, the more you realize that the only thing that actually is objective 
is, is, is you know, the scoreboard and maybe in, in the scoreboard and the, the clock. Those are objective. The standings are objective. Like that happened. Now, the interpretation of the scoreboard being this team was better than the other is or was better than the other team or the standing saying this or this or that team is uh, is um, is better. That, you know, that, 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 that those are some those are assumptions. Now, it's not a bad place to start from. You know, like if you're if you were going to say that the team that won the game played better, uh, you know, for however we're going to decide play better. Like you're certainly well over fifty fifty for that to be right, but you know, I mean, you know, we the the concept of shooting luck gets descri- described a lot to, to because it you you know the 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 phrase it's a make or miss league or as Julius Randle uh, decided to put it the other day, which I loved a miss or make league. Um, you know, sometimes you do everything right and jump shots just don't go in because you know jump jump shots are to some degree a stochastic process and sometimes you get you know bunches that go in or bunches that don't that are sort of divorced in the short term from, you know, the true probability. So you can play, you can, you know, many times you can out quote, quote unquote, outplay a team and still lose because ball doesn't go in. Now, given that shooting is a skill thing and you can do it better or worse on some level, making shots is playing better, but also, you know, you the, how repeatable that is over and above your kind of baseline competency of shooting the ball. Like, did you, if you go, if you're a 40% shooter and you go, you know, eight for 10 one night and, and over, over 10 the, the, the next night, how much, how much of, how much credit for playing great you could, should you get on the first night or, or poor for the other night? If they're the exact same shots, I don't know. This is, this is, one of those things that we can go round and round on. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable the, to the degree to which um, shooting variation, shot making variation gets boiled down to quote luck and from luck, you know, sort of deserved, um, you know, it's not, not a deserved thing. It's a probability thing. Um, so that, 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 that's, that's one half of it. And by the way, if you have any questions or, for goodness sake, want to break up me, me rambling, please, uh, please jump on in and uh, raise your hand. I'll bring you up on stage. Um, but the thing that is really driving this and we hinted at, that's why it's not an anti-Grizz conspiracy. I don't think because who, who cares? Um, and give me, a, um, let me finish the, the, this point And then I will bring you up. Abdul Rahman is, uh, it's gambling and gambling, whether it's fantasy sports, whether it's DFS, whether it's, it's prop bets, like this stuff ultimately doesn't really matter. It doesn't, the, the stats are an indication of how the game played. They are not the game itself, but when you gamify it, whether it's, you know, traditional fantasy sports, daily fantasy or prop gambling, suddenly that becomes the thing. And we aren't set up for that to be the thing. We're set up for the game to be the thing, the scoreboard to be the thing. Um, and this is something, you know, as leagues really start to embrace the gambling as a revenue source, this is something that has to be really thought through. Now, uh, and again, I'll get to you in two seconds, Abdul Rahman. I think that the NBA does a better job, certainly than they used to, and a better job than people 
are necessarily acknowledging of vetting these stats, but that kind of doesn't matter because it's the appearance that matters more than the reality. Um, and we'll get to get to why that is in a moment. But first, uh, Abdul Rahman's been very patient, and you know, always love to hear from him. So, how you doing, man? <clears throat> so about the, all of the scorekeeping biases, how's that affect uh, decision makers like uh, coaches and and uh, management and also voters on the on these awards? No, that's a great question, um, and this is part of why I have I've uh, I, I've never wanted to have an awards vote is because I don't like on <laughs> some level. I don't trust my own biases. Like if, 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 if I had direct, um, if I had the direct ability to affect Trey Young's compensation, would my personal distaste for his game, um, um, affect whether I voted for him for awards or not? I mean, when I'm just opining as who I think should be, and maybe that has an impact, but I'm not like arrogant enough to say that I'm like moving the needle. I joke about the Marcus Smart defensive player of the year last year. Um, uh, for for those that don't know, when he was when he was given the award, um, they actually presented him with a like a cardboard cutout of a tweet of mine, uh, noting that he might be the defensive player of the year, and that just seems weird. Um, so you're welcome, Marcus. Um, Tongue in cheek, of course. Um, so, but that so the, the 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 yeah, there is that. Now, from a standpoint of coaches, absolutely. Like, I mean, there was a. Um, part of that is why we do things like we go to rate-based statistics instead of, uh, you know, counting stats. Um, there, there, I may or may not have once been responsible for a pre or post game report that tracked the number of, of both across the season and recently times a team had held an opponent under a hundred points. Um, as if that was a good measure of, uh, defensive output. Now, if you think you're being graded on holding a team, the opposition under hundred points, there's two ways you can do it. Uh, one of which is probably a little easier. That's to play really damn slow on offense. You, you know, you, if we're playing, if we're playing 88 possession games, holding a team under a hundred and, and, you know, it's, you've still got to do something, but it's not that hard. You know, we're playing 105 possession games. Now you're not holding anybody under a hundred. Um, you know, Right, yeah, and this is, this is you know. Oh, Charlie, it's it was great. There's there's a video for it. You should you should find it. It's hilarious. Um, he, I mean, part of it is he'd also like when I tweeted the original thing. He he had kind of a funny. Uh, he he had a funny uh, reply to it himself. So it wasn't just the, like they didn't just like nitpick and find my thing. It was it was something that had had uh, had come out earlier in the season. Um, funnily enough, I heard about it while I was at you know, online to get on a roller coaster at Disney land with my family and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up it's like hey you're on tnt it's like oh, a what now um so that that was the, that was the second funniest kind of uh media thing that happened to me last year um i won't talk about the the, the funniest um because if you know you know um where was I? I i lost my train of thought again i'm i'm uh i'm i'm sorry um report about how to lower team's point Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's that's that. I mean, that's that's the point of of having you know a quote unquote analytics department is they've always used statistical measures 
you know, a wins and losses is a statistical measure, but we've always used that to, to evaluate players, whether it's, you know, in the draft, in their own players, stuff like that. Um, so just let's, you know, use better measures, both measures that better capture what actually happened. And I think more importantly, from a team perspective, like what measures are more predictive of what will happen in the future. Now, I don't, I, I will be the first to say those aren't perfect. Like we do, I just have, you know, it's been how long talking about we don't uh, we we don't define the game perfectly through statistics, but we get we do it better is we use better statistics. Um, you know, using you know using effective field goal percentage rather than field goal percentage in the age of the three pointer is a better measure of of how well someone scores the ball. Now there's other things going on as well, and you know, that's where we start to get into things like shot quality and comparing usage and efficiency and, and stuff like that. Excuse me. I've uh, been talking for a half hour straight, so my throat's getting scratchy. Um, so, yeah, no, and but, and but you know, keeping decision-making bias out is, is always a challenge. I mean, it's not – you see it – you know, there's the jokes all the time of, of you know, a – a, uh, it's, you know, when Doc Rivers, when Rock Divers was the GM of the Clippers, um, guys had a way of find, winding up on the Clippers uh, after they had a big game against the Clippers or after if they did a, had a good playoff series against the Clippers. Um, and that's, you know, it's not statistical bias per se, but it's like that's, that's you know, that's uh, availability bias. That's recency bias. That's I saw it bias. Um, so you're, you're, you're always fighting against those. And you know, so you try to come up with these more objective, less human judgment inspired measures, which then you can, you can, you can, you know, go to and, and sort of rely on a little bit more. Um, I use the word objective very advisedly. Um, I, I, uh, the more you dive into this, the less I believe that objectivity is actually a real thing. Um, and we just have to sort of learn to live with subjective. Um, you know, some of that is, is just in terms of, of, you know, think about how we, uh, how we chose to track the stats we track in basketball. Um, I've done the exercise in the past where you can sort of redefine some like a statistical, um, regime from like existing play-by-play data. So what if we didn't have rebounds? What if it was ball recoveries? And that's like any steal, like say we were tracking instead of rebounds, we were tracking, you know, we were calling what we now call steals, defensive rebound and defensive rebounds, uh, kind of the, the, the same thing. Um, you can do, you can do, a, you know, a bunch of different things like this. If you, you somehow, um, uh, you know, you like turnovers and field goal attempts and free throw attempts are are all lumped into scoring attempts and stuff like that. If you do some like basic statistical roll-ups, certain players look better just by you tr- what you're tracking being slightly different. Even if it's the same thing, I mean, there's nothing inherently different that's happening. I mean, we've chosen to treat a ball that you know hits the rim and comes back to a player. Um, shouts to Tarian Prince's. Um, press conference after he lost after his Baylor team lost in the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you haven't seen that clip, I, am, I, I would recommend YouTubing it. Um, but we've chosen to treat 
now there's good reasons for it. Like, you know, there's, there's good basketball reasons for doing it, but that wasn't the only, that wasn't the way it had to be done. And, but, but having chosen to track it that way, whether formally or informally, that, that, that informs a whole bunch about not just basketball statistics, but basketball strategy. Like if we didn't have rebounding as a stat, would we have, would rebounding be a thing or would it be, you know, ball recoveries? We have, we're doing ball recovery drills, whether that's like diving on the floor for loose balls or, you know, uh, wrapping your heart, your, your hand around a teammate's throat to get a rebound and a rebounding drill, um, which um, happened to me my first week of college practice. Um, this is how, <laughs> um, anyway, um, did, so I think I answered parts of your question and I kind of went off on a tangent again. Um, so did, did I cover everything you kind of wanted me to hit on or, or is there, is there yes, a... because uh, I think you don't know <laughs> the, the definitive answer because no, no. Yeah, no, it's, it's right. There, there, there isn't one now it's, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, the charge that's often leveled at analytics people's, Oh, you think, you know, everything. It's like, no, we just are trying to know more. And, and the, the notion that, that we've achieved perfection is is kind of the more you like as you dig into this it's ludicrous it's absolutely ludicrous um but that doesn't mean you don't try to get better i mean it's you know you don't go to practice saying hey we're going to be perfect today you know what a coach say at the end of practice hey we got better today guys we didn't get perfect today we got better today it's the same thing when you're trying to you know figure out how to evaluate players or or your team or whatever you're trying to do it better um so uh, on some level the the notion of objectivity and all this sort of mistakes what we're doing here a little bit does that does that all make sense to you yes also about uh, objectivity how to uh, in uh, in statistical uh, argument how to change uh, 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 arguments and opinion not necessarily better but based on statistic how to change it because changing wrong uh, information is harder than uh, representing moments. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, um, the numbers, the, the numbers do not speak for themselves. That's like, what do the numbers say? Like that's, I, I hate, I hated being asked that question when I had, when I was with the bucks and had people working for me. And if they ever said, well, the numbers say, no, 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 that's not how we like, it's I, the numbers don't say you say, I say, I think because of my understanding and, and, and experience with this and no kind of having observed how it operates. I think this to be likely true based on this evidence, not this is so, um, yeah, a guy who shoot like, I think a guy who is, has made 40% of his three pointers is a good shooter. The numbers do not necessarily require that conclusion. What if he's taken only 10 shots? Um, now, at a certain level, like the the evidence is overwhelming enough that the numbers might as well speak, but you kind of don't, that's that's sort of the thing, like, did you need analytics to tell you Michael Jordan was good? You know, it's, that's, that's, not the, that's not the part of the distribution we're necessarily worried about. We're, we're much more worried about, hey, who's a better shooter between Dorian Finney-Smith and Dylan Brooks? 
now, like you could look at, you know, three point field goal percentage and that might tell you something or it might not, but you probably have to go a little deeper than that in terms of, you know, what shots they're getting, how many they're taking um, and, and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, but to your other point, I mean, it's, I used to, I got into doing analytics because I was tired. I, I thought this is why I was tired of quote, all the narratives that were out there, the narratives, this narrative, that narrative, 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 narrative. It's like, oh, narrative's terrible. Then you start to realize, no, narratives are necessary. What I was reacting against was bad, stupid, let's yell at it about it on a debate show, talk radio narratives. And so for statistical reasoning, statistically based arguments, statistically based conclusions to win out, you have to use them to form a better narrative, tell a better story, tell a story that resonates with the person you're talking to in such a way that, no, actually this thing, I used to think how it worked, this actually makes more sense. So I'm going to reject my prior opinion and adopt this other one. And that is not a, that is not a technical or technological challenge. That is a communication challenge. That is a, uh, like soft skills. That is a soft skills challenge, which, um, makes it kind of difficult. And, and frankly, that probably depends, uh, explains why in, in, in many cases, like statistical analysis, despite, you know, showing some things that are fairly clearly likely better. You know, going for two is 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 likely better than a lot of like in football. Sorry, going for two in basketball is almost always worse. We 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 need a three here, just you know, as a rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> but you know, going for it on fourth down, going for two, not punting, pulling the goalie early in hockey, um, attacking more, taking making riskier passes into the into the, uh, the opposing penalty area in soccer. Um, you know, swinging for home runs in baseball. Like these things are all like demonstrably better in terms of winning games, but because they weren't presented. Apologies. My my son is running around uh, uh, near me right now. So uh, (laughs) apologies for, for Brucey making the, the occasional appearance he does. Um, Oh yeah. So, so the, 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 the reason that a lot of these things they took longer to be adopted is in part because the people arguing for them, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how many of you know engineers. How many how many of you deal with engineers on a, on a reasonable on a on a reasonably common basis? Uh, let me just suggest that there is probably some personality type selection bias towards the people who become engineers, and maybe these these soft skills aren't uh, aren't always a requirement for that that skill set, and, uh, you know, that, that, that probably forms some barriers. And frankly, that's, you know, in basketball, that's, that's why this stuff didn't really take off until we had the tracking data. <laughs> Engineers are social butterflies. I, yeah, I sure. If you, uh, as compared to chess grandmasters, I mean, what are we talking about here? Hovo? Um, uh, so, no, so so the reason why we, we, we may have taken a little bit longer in basketball is, you know, when we had just like play-by-play data and box score data, it was it's it was largely the realm of econometrics that that you could, you know, 
pull some things out of this and, and kind of get at some value. And this is, you know, we had like, you know, adjusted plus minus and regularized adjusted plus minus models. That's great. I think those things are accurate, useful so far as they go. But that's that, explain that to a basketball person. What is Nick Collison was a was an was an was an RAPM darling. Show me Nick Collison's Rapim plus plays and why they're why they're better than Rafe LaFrance or pick another kind of you know big guy of that era. And it's like eh, I can't do that. But now I mean now with the the tracking data that allows you to tie all, a lot of these things to recognizable basketball things telling the story becomes so much easier. You can, you can talk about rim protection in a like, okay, like maybe the term rim protection might not have really gained currency until post-track. But when you say rim protection, it's like, you know, a basketball, like a quote unquote basketball guy, like, okay, I understand what that means. And then we can, then we can, you know, we can talk about, you don't have to block the shot. You just have to make the guy miss. It's like, well, yeah, of course, obviously. Oh, now we can now we can measure how often a guy is there when a guy misses, and you know you can demonstrate that that's fairly stable for a player over multiple seasons of their career, and that's that certainly is suggestive that we're capturing some real skill here. So that's better, you know, not to you know to tie it back to Jaron Jackson. That's a better measure than blocks anyway. Does it matter if I got a fingernail on the shot if the guy threw it over the backboard or not? I guess it matters. And I mean, prefer I didn't if he threw it over the backboard because we get the ball if I didn't touch it. Should I should I not get credit for that though? I mean, that's you know that that that's sort of the 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 credit game is is sort of what this all comes back to. And like, you know, on some level, before we had anything better, like the blocked shot probably got us there or got us did as good as we could do. But we can do better than that now, and so why not? Um, yeah. Um, and just last point on this, I think there's. Um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Kyle Body, runs um, Driveline Baseball. Um, he, I, a couple, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago, he was he was noting that you know, at least in baseball, when like the the former player starts talking about you know not liking analytics or something like that, the it most likely was off was the case that the first time he got introduced to it, it was by someone who kind of bumbled through it and like did not understand how to present the information in a way that the player could, you know, take on by not be, you know, attacked or offended by not, not think that they're like, actually, you don't know anything about baseball. You've only been, you've only been playing this game for, for, you know, 15 years and a professional for eight, but you, but I know more than you like that. I, you know, how many fields does that go well in if you're coming in as sort of an interloper? And you, you you kind of take that you're a moron tack. Now, if you own the place, you can maybe do that. Um, but because uh, you know you you know to, to quote Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer, I have the mic and you will listen. Uh, in that case, but um, you know for the most part, people in like data roles are not that. Um, and I don't know how I got to the wedding singer from our original topic, but there we go. Um, I think I've hit on most of, of what I wanted to hit. I just, I, uh, frankly, I just kind of wanted to rant. I've spent way too much time on, on the Jaron Jackson files today already, but here we go. Um, but I mean, since you guys are here, since I'm talking, anyone else have any, and, and Abdurrahman again, thanks for, thanks for the question. Anyone else have 
have anything that they, they want me to uh, touch on, whether it's about this topic or kind of anything else going on right now, happy to do so. Otherwise we'll uh, sign off and, uh, and chat with you next week. Well, cool. Uh, you know, th- thanks for hanging out with me folks. I, uh, I, you know, and felt like it felt like I wanted to chat about it, and here we and we did. So thank thank you for listening to an episode of Call and Shots. I'll be back uh, next week. I think I got Samus Fondiari coming on to talk some lawyers. I've got uh, a guy you guys know on Twitter is Bowser to Bowser talking about why nobody in the um, I know in the NBA except apparently Jaron Jackson at home uh, can play defense and uh, do do one one more um i think matt moore and i are due for a uh, a knockdown drag out on on my show so sometime soon anyway so thanks for listening uh, talk to y'all later